Welcome. This is uh, Dr. Owen Anderson, and I'm looking at Isaiah 38 by way of a devotional reflection. So this is not really a uh, critical analysis of the text, per se, uh, a linguistic or, or a theological uh, reflection, but in thinking just about this prayer of Hezekiah here in Isaiah 38. So remember a little bit of the backstory. God had said that, I, that Hezekiah would die. And he turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly. And God says that he'll add 15 years to him. So then Hezekiah uh, writes this about his recovery. So that's part of what I mean by a devotional here is I, we're not so much to think about this as what to do if you think you're going to die. Like, well, here's how to add 15 more years to your life. No, instead, let's look at what Hezekiah learns about suffering. So why was he so upset? He, he says in, here in verse 10, In the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my years? So here he is, the prime of his life. And I, I think this is pretty natural. I mean, most people, I can't imagine someone not being bothered by this, losing all of what you anticipated for your life. And he says, I will not again see the Lord himself in the land of the living. No, no longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. So he has a sense here. He's not otherworldly. He's not thinking, oh, this is great. I'll go on to the next life. He's lamenting the loss of knowing God in this life and being with fellow humans in this life. But it's interesting. That's what his thoughts turn to. I'll, I'll miss seeing God, not... Not, uh, oh, I'll lose out on my, seeing, hanging out with my grandkids or building that house I always wanted, taking that around the world trip I was planning. I won't, I will not again see the Lord himself. So we already see something about Hezekiah's focus here. And he describes this idea of death like a shepherd's tent. My house has been pulled down and taken from me like a weaver. I've rolled up my life and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion, he broke all my bones. Day and night, you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or a thrush. I moaned like a morning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened. Lord, come to my aid. So he has these great descriptions of what it's like to have this judgment come on him. His bones all broken. They weren't actually broken as if a lion had attacked him. He's made an end of me. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens, and he cries out to God, Lord, come to my aid. Now, how many times have we been in a situation like that? Uh, I don't mean literally, obviously. None of us has been King Hezekiah who's told you're going to die. But how many times have we been in life suffering greatly, and we've, we've cried out to God, Lord, come to my aid. Now, that's where I want to look at here. This is the focus for me. What kind of aid should we be taking from this? What we might think is, here's how to add 15 more years to your life. Or here's how to have your problem, whatever it is, a sickness, a, a, a difficult relationship, a, a, a unemployment. Here's how to end those. You cry to God and he'll end them. But what does Hezekiah say he got? What can I say? He has spoken to me and he himself has done this. He, he recognizes God's providence. This is God's providence in his life. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. So the suffering produced humility in him. 
Lord, by such things people live, and my spirit finds life in them too. By such things, humility and walking before God is life. Not simply 15 more years to be with other humans and enjoy things in this world. Life is humility and walking before God. That's where our spirit finds that life. Then he says, you restore me to health, let me live. An interesting contrast here, health. Physically, he's going to live 15 more years. Let me live in light of what he just said life is, to walk humbly before God. Now, even if he wasn't restored, he learned that lesson. Perhaps some people aren't restored, but they still can learn before God how to walk humbly before God. And this is the verse that just pops out at me. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. Three things. And you have put all my sins behind your back. One, then two, then three. My benefit came out of this anguish. The very anguish which might cause people to cry out and say, there is no God. I can't believe in God because of what God has put me through. Or God doesn't care about me. No, it was actually for my benefit. It was, second, your love. God's love for me took me through this anguish. And that kept me from the actual pit of destruction. The pit of destruction is not that he was going to die before he thought he would. The pit of destruction was that he didn't have that life he described up here. Walking humbly before God, that would be the pit. These sins, that would be the pit. The next part, God has put all my sins behind your back. His sins are forgiven. That's life. He's avoided destruction. So 17 here, the key verse that stands out. And then he gives some reasons. The grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. Some recognition that death is the end. Either at death, you're either with God or not. After that, your condition is sealed. And it's the living who praise God, which is anticipating the resurrection of the dead. The living, the living, they praise you as I am doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. And that really is. This is the story that parents tell their children. Good parents tell their children. The Lord will save me and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. Worshiping God at the temple. Not just worshiping God like like go out in nature and worship God. At the temple, which means at the place where atonement is accomplished. The vicarious atonement, the sacrifice, the blood of the Lamb of God redeems us from our sins. So it's the living that praise God, living both physically, but also the living, those who walk humbly before God, whose sins are forgiven. So a magnificent lesson from King Hezekiah that he learned and that he then passes on to the rest of us.